0: Welcome to a new episode of Hallmark Heartbeats, a podcast all about Hallmark Movies. And today I am joined by the author of South Beach Love, um, Miss Caridad Pinheiro. Did I say that right? Pinheiro? You did. You said it perfectly. I know. I I, I took Spanish for like 10 years, except I kind of have uh, forgotten most of it. (laughs) (laughs) So I... I read the book and it took me like less than 24 hours from the moment that I bought it to the moment I finished. I couldn't stop reading it. And your characters was so hilarious, especially the girls.
1: I love the girls. I love the girls in the story. They were one of my favorite parts of the whole book.
0: Oh yes. And I'm just hoping that the movie totally keeps that you know, part keeps their, like, sass and, you know, smart-alecky and conniving sort of
1: thing. I I do, too, because they were, you know, they were such a fun part and really, you know, the story is about so many different things. It's about Sarah and Tony falling in love. It's about this big party and the girls going from being girls in, in that tradition to being women And I think that you see the growth in the girls from when they first start off and they're so snarky with each other and everything. And then all of a sudden, little by little, you know, they start becoming friends and then I'm not going to spoil it for people. But it was um, for me, like it just reflected that they were becoming young women because they were understanding more about what was important, family and friendship and all of those other things and and their moms, too, you know, they had once been friends
0: and had kind of lost their way and now they're back to being friends yeah i have a feeling i definitely have a feeling that this movie by the end of it everyone's gonna talk about the girls (laughs) (laughs) but Um, i i mean right now everyone's hyped up about tony and samantha specifically about william levy (laughs) oh my
1: gosh you know i i I always knew, you know, he was popular, and you know, I I knew him from some telenovelas, and obviously, I think from Dancing with the Stars. I think is where most people might have known him. That aren't you know most people that aren't Latino, yeah. Um, but oh my, God, I have been bombarded with emails from his fan clubs from all over the world: Russia, Paraguay, Brazil, you know, all over. It's amazing what a following he has. My
0: Instagram page went from like. 300 followers to like 500 in two days in like one day thanks to posting a picture of them and I'm like what did I do and so hilarious
1: no city- it, 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 it is it's hilarious like I, like I said I've been every day I've got multiple e- you know uh, messages and things coming in from um, all of his fan people which is fabulous um, a lot of them are asking whether or not the um, the movie's gonna be subtitled in Spanish. And I, I don't know, I've asked to see that, which I thought is a, would be a great opportunity for Hallmark, you know, to get that that kind of um, viewership in as well
0: um, with movies like that. They, um, I know they, they at least put out their preview for the movie in Spanish, which I think it was the first time ever that I've seen Hallmark do that. So I've
1: yeah, at I, I didn't see the Spanish language one. I saw one. In fact, I'm putting one up tomorrow, um, where they do have subtitles in Spanish. So I think if they are going to do the the movie like that for people who want it, I think that's exciting. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. they're 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 trying to be inclusive, which was something that um, you know Hallmark has done in the past. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll be honest with you. They were
1: very receptive when we um, we pitched it, even before some of the the upset happened with the, you know, some of the ads and things like that. I mean, they were actively um, seeking diverse stories, which I applaud them for. They have yep. been so welcoming and supportive in, you know, taking this story that, um, you know, I think a lot of times, so in Hollywood, you'll see, oh, something that happens to have Latino characters, um, whether they're white, brown, black, whatever, because, you know, we're a whole mix of races, really. Right. Um, yeah. But this is a story that doesn't just have Latino characters. It's a story that shows our culture, at least one Immersed aspect of the, our culture.
0: Um, Immersion so of th- the, the um, Hispanic culture, particularly Cuban culture.
1: Yeah, particularly. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm Cuban, so that, that's what I'm most familiar with, although I've also had a lot of experience with um, with Mexico um, because of uh, what I used to be an attorney, I had to visit there regularly for all kinds of business meetings. Yeah. Um, but I think it's great that maybe people will get a feel for this other culture. Obviously the food. Everybody's been complaining that I made them hungry. I, While I, I- 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 I'm hungry.
0: I want some... <laughs> the <laughs> Devon Ham was sounded good, too. And then yeah. All, like, all the food that they had and the, um, stuff. I can't even say the names of most of the food that was in the dishes but i was hungry reading it <laughs> yeah i actually
1: on my website if people want to try out some of the recipes if they visit the south beach love page there's a whole list of of different recipes yes if they it's want also to in the back it. of the book i see some uh, recipes
0: in the back of the book right
1: yeah they have a, a, a recipe for a um i think it's a banana coconut tres leches cake
0: mm. um
1: but then I have all you know a lot of the other recipes there. And I just posted on TikTok on how to make the deviled ham sandwiches. They're very yeah. easy. But yeah. uh, there's they're like a party staple. I can't our family could we could never have a party without having the deviled ham sandwiches.
0: Yeah. So um, when did you start writing? Like how did you get that started? Um, I had a teacher
1: in the fifth grade who made us um, she said you, in order to get out of my class, you have to write a 20 page typed book. Mm. It could be on anything you want. It was pass fail. But then for the last month of class, the books were going to go into a class lending library. So I'd always had lots of stories going on in my head. And I was an avid reader. I was I, I'm probably like you were the same thing. I would read anything like the cereal box in the morning because I had <laughs> to read anything um and so I went home and I started writing like that day and my poor mom had to help me she had it was 120 type pages wow Uh, yeah my mother had 125 pages in the fifth grade and what was it it about do you remember it, i do in fact if it, it was like the movie lost these people are on a plane and the plane crashes and there's romance and you know there's some something going on in the in the jungle and i always wondered like where did they get that idea but <laughs> uh, you know but it was you know the class enjoyed it it was always being checked out you know i think yeah. probably because there was a kiss in it in fifth grade that was a big thing you know they were there was a kiss yeah. in it and I didn't realize then that it was a romance. Uh, that's what I just you know, naturally gravitated towards. And then um, I kept on writing through high school and college and law school. And then um, after my daughter was born, I decided that it was time that I actually follow that passion somehow, that for too many years it had been on a back burner. And I wanted to show her that you could reach for your dreams no matter what. And so I actively um, started not only writing for the sake of writing, but writing to get published. Um, And it took a number of years, but then I I finally sold the book and my first book came out in 1999. What was it
0: called?
1: uh, The first one was called Now and Always. Mm. um, And it was actually for the country's first Latino romance line. Um, and unfortunately, you know, the line folded within about two years, but then after that, you know, I, I signed deals with Harlequin, um, and Harlequin was also, you know, you don't think about them that way. They were so receptive. Um, so many of my books had diverse characters in one way or another. And, you know, they always just said, this isn't a book and they put it out there to all of their readers. It's a good book, you know, and, um, so I'm very grateful to them because really, you know, working with them improved my skills and let me, um, you know, kind of become known to people for what I was doing, which is exciting. What was, um, how many books have you written in total? I lost track somewhere between 50 and 60 right now with my wow. and things and, um, yeah, so it's a lot, and I have a whole bunch, a whole bunch of other ones coming out in the next year or two, and um, you know, it's fun. I, I love writing, so I'm glad that I'm able to do it, and um, and hopefully, and
0: share it with people and have them enjoy it. Hopefully, I've always um, been told that I should write my own story, my <laughs> own autobiography, mostly yeah. because my life is like very dramatic <laughs> okay but it was more um but I, I like to write poetry more than i do like writing books and stuff yeah. i've always read poetry
1: <laughs> yeah well I, I love poetry um i belong to a you know a couple of different writing groups and and one of them has quite a number of poets and and memoir memoirists um you know so i would tell you go for it Go
0: for it. don't don't you know if you want to try it give it give it a shot who who are some who were some authors that you were fans of when you were younger um well when I was younger um I would
1: really pick up whatever my mom had you know because you think about it I'm a little bit older you know there really wasn't young adult fiction back then it was you went straight into adult fiction so yeah. at 12 or 13 I was reading um, some very adult books, and back then I would read like Taylor Caldwell, um, who else? So City Sheldon. You know that was the age of glamour, glamour, you know, movies. Um, the other side of midnight. A lot of those move, you know, shows that eventually, I mean, books that eventually became movies. Um, but then as I got a little bit older, um, I was actually working. This is in the old days, a bookstore in a department store um where all of a sudden there was this one book that was constantly out of stock and as soon as we got stock we put it back up on the shelf it would be sold out and I said oh what's with this book why is everybody so crazy about this book and it was um Shana by Kathleen Woodowis. and um you know had this bright pink cover you know with the clinch you know what I'm talking about and I was like, okay, let me let me get this. I, I really didn't know what to expect. And then I read it, I loved it. And then I realized, oh my gosh, this is what I want to write. And so then I started reading a lot of, um, you know, the historical authors who were possible, you know, um, very um, popular at the time, Beatrice Small, um, oh my gosh, I can't even remember, Lindsay, um, Joanna Lindsay, um, a lot of those. And then, you know, by now my, my taste of kind of, you know, changed. I'm not so much into historical romance. Um, I'm more into contemporaries and suspense, which is what I write. Um, but, um, you know, I just love to read. I'm still a pretty avid reader when I can uh, find the time.
0: I like, um, historical fiction. My favorite was, uh, Philippa Gregory. So oh, I yes. I like read The Other Bolin, The Other Bolin, The uh, Spanish Princess, and mm-hmm. several of her books. So, yeah, I was an avid reader. If you, I have like two bookshelves. Yeah. <laughs> still, I'm an avid reader. I still love, I, um, mom, I have, but right now, I'm currently reading a lot of young adult fantasy books. So even though I'm like in my 30s, I, I, I don't think I'm, you're too old for those things.
1: Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, some of them are are great, great stories, regardless of, of the age. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a tendency, like I said, I lean more towards contemporaries and, yeah. and suspense.
0: And, um, you know, I enjoy reading them. So what was your inspiration for South Beach Love? What was like, what made you even get to starting to write that one um you know my agent and
1: i had been chatting about what i should work on Mm. um she's great we always talk about like what are you doing what do you want to do um and you know we knew that hallmark was opening you know or had opened recently opened their their publishing line and you know i loved watching the channel they're such feel-good movies um, and I thought you know why why not feel good romances like that I had done um, a series I live on the Jersey Shore so I had done a series called At the Shore which was three books revolving around women in their late 20-somethings as their lives change um, that was uh, the first one was One Summer Night which was a uh, actually a publisher's weekly top 10 fall romance. Mm. Um, And I thought, well, this is great. I'm giving everybody a taste of the Jersey shore. But after doing three books with that taste, I wanted to do something different. And I thought, well, you know, Hallmark, you know, they're looking for different things. And I have wanted to do a story uh, set back in Miami. I had done a number of them earlier in my career. And I thought, but what could make it different? Like, I, you know, I see that their movies, a lot of their movies are about families and friends and things like that. And I thought, um, you know, what can I what can I create that's going to be different? That's going to show my culture um, that's going to be unique. Um, so I love to cook. So the, the cooking was there in the mix because I love doing books with chefs. But then the idea of incorporating the Keensis tradition came in because it is something um, very different very Latin a number of cultures you know do it it's not just a Cuban thing you know it's very big in Mexico and South America um, so I thought that would be a fun thing to show people because I didn't have a keenist but my daughter really wanted one and I wanted her to have one and when we did it people didn't really know anything about the tradition and so they were so like wow, well, this is so much fun. And it's so beautiful. You know, all the little steps that you take, um, you know, as the the young girl comes into the room, there's all kinds of little uh, rituals that show that change from child to, to woman. And so I thought, well, it'll be fun to have that in the story. Um, but I also wanted it to be, like you said, humorous. And so the idea of the two girls, you know, kind of being in this battle and everything just kind of came about and the, you know the next thing i knew there was this whole story about um, their tradition and the families and the friendships and of course you know the romance between yep. tony and sarah which you know obviously is is the main part of the story um, but is influenced by so many other things in the
0: story yeah i loved um i loved learning about the the whole quinceañera um traditions can you explain on that for some of our listeners like sure well the idea is that at 15
1: um the a girl becomes a woman in in latin um latin culture and so um the quince's tradition it's not quite like a wedding but it's similar in that the girl comes in and she has her partner who escorts her in usually you know a lot of times it's a family member, but yeah, it can be like, you know, a, a beau, or, you know, a good male friend. Um, and then she also has a court which consists of, you know, however many boys and girls who she knows who come in with her. Um, but what happens is, is that there's all little steps. So for example, as she comes in and there's also a religious aspect, which we didn't do so much, but you, a lot of times you also will go to mass in the morning and everything. Um, but what happens is as the girl comes in, she comes in and she's usually wearing shoes that are children's shoes. Mm. Um, but then as she comes in, she's greeted by her father, and she takes off the, the kids shoes, and she puts on heels. And that's the, the first little thing. And then she'll do a dance with um, and then, well, before the dance, what happens is she also comes in with a little toy. Um, and these are all, you know, the, the baby, not the baby shoes, but the young kids shoes and the toy are all signs of childhood. So she'll change her shoes and she'll also give away the toy to someone who's younger. Um, and it's, it's showing that she's putting on the, th- the things of adulthood and, and, and giving away the things of childhood and traditionally she would do a dance with her father um for the start of that and then after that the women in the young girl's life the the grandma the abuela if she's there the mother uh, a godmother sisters whatever uh, that are older would then gift um the the young lady with the things that she would need as as a woman so she'll get a bracelet and earrings and necklaces a ring um, all kinds of gifts to show her that she's now uh, a woman so it really is a very beautiful kind of you know rite of passage to show that the young lady is now ready to enter uh, the world of being an adult.
0: I don't want to um, tease too much, but one of my favorite parts in the book was when um, the girls had on cleats but a kid shoes
1: <laughs> and yeah. the
0: are like does that mean that they're gonna give up soccer and they're like no it's not it's just... <laughs> yeah,
1: no I thought that was so cute because they are you know on the team and that's all plays a little part of it so I thought what better thing than they have them come in in there please yeah
0: I mean it wouldn't make sense for them to just wear little kid sandals or anything like that right <laughs> so there are no personality in there
1: yeah. yeah i think it showed some of
0: their spunky yeah that they that they wore those you know you guys like seriously you, uh, read the book if you guys have if you wouldn't read the book and watch the movie because i haven't seen the movie yet but I'm i haven't either <laughs> i'm like terrified <laughs> of what it's gonna how involved like. were you in making the movie
1: Um, not at all. You know, um, I did get a call from the director, um, literally a day or two before they started filming. Um, he wanted to talk to me, um, to find out what I thought were the most important elements of the book, the things that I wanted to get across. And he was very, very nice. We chatted for a while about, um, what I thought was important in the book. And in my case, it was, you know, the sacrifice of the family and friends getting together so that Tony and Sarah, um, could get together. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so we had this long discussion about that and he did warn me they made some changes. <laughs> um, but then we got to, um, we got to go to the set. Uh, my husband, daughter, myself, my agent, we flew down to St. Petersburg, Tampa area, um, to watch them film, which was, you know, really interesting. So I, we actually ended up watching them film the beginning opening scenes of the movie and the closing scenes of the movie right. um it turned out and it, it's really kind of interesting because they they film things out of sequence you know there's if they have certain actors that are there for the scene if there's two or three scenes even though they're not chronological chronological order they will film all those scenes and they do this thing they they give you a call sheet it it is what they name it and it tells everybody um who's supposed to be on the set at one time and where they're filming and all of these things. So it was really interesting to see the whole process of it. Um and to get to meet William Levy. Say did I should, you make I, did you make I a cameo. cameo at least in the movie? What? Thinking, Excuse me? Did you make a cameo at least in the movie? No, no, no cameo. I was so bummed. I'm never gonna get to do a cameo.
0: <laughs> You should have said to the, can I at least like be a guest at the kitchen (laughs) here? Right, right. Yeah, no, but I
1: I got to meet him um, at the one set. And then afterwards I had been in correspondence with some of the women who were playing the moms and the... um, the teens and and Taylor Cole, who, who plays Sarah, um, and actually we were filming, they, we were watching them film, but it was getting very late and we had a flight the next day. So we went back to the hotel and they were texting me like, no, come back, come back. We want to meet you. And so we did. We hopped back into the car. It's like almost midnight and went back to where they were filming. Um, and they were all so sweet. We took pictures together. Um, they actually, uh, some of them had the book and they asked me to sign it. It was Aww. funny because I was fangirling about them, then they were fangirling about me, which I, I didn't expect, you know? Oh, yeah. So they were just absolutely so sweet. I can't say enough about how, how <laughs> wonderful and welcoming they
0: were. Uh, before the casting was announced, who did you want to play Samantha and Tony uh, I'll be honest with you I off and on
1: I had suggest I had said William Levy um, for Tony because I thought he would have been a good fix he was about the right age he's really handsome yeah he's and, very, handsome. <laughs> very handsome very sexy um, and and you know really for Sarah it didn't have an idea of who i always kind of saw her like like a not like a jennifer garner kind of girl yeah. you know a very down to earth um be- you know pretty beautiful but not with airs you know a very like she could be the small town girl next door and i think yeah, pretty she much was like taylor cole is. <laughs> she is she was um a perfect cast for it um she's so pretty and so friendly um and yeah she was really a a great choice and i know she's really popular with um the hallmark crowd i think she's been in at least a dozen or more of their movies yeah so i'm excited to have somebody with that kind of um reputation on the female side and of course you know william levy like i said he just has a legion of fans all over the place. So
0: um, yeah, I'm getting messages asking me, how do I watch this in Russia? And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I don't,
1: I don't know either because I know that like to watch Hallmark live, you need to put a cable provider information. Mm -hmm. Um, I do know that sometimes they release the movies as DVDs. If you go Mm on, um, on the retailing sites, um, they yeah. do have some of them. And I they do have a subscription service, but if you only want to watch the one movie, um, but they do have a monthly subscription service, but I don't know how long it takes for the movie to go from having aired to going on the subscription service.
0: Well, I do know that, uh, what's that called? The DVDs usually take about a year to go out. Okay, so, some of them maybe maybe shorter depending on the time depending on how popular the movie is right but usually it takes um like for example some of the Christmas movies from 2020 is now just being released on DVD now so yeah so anyway I am so excited for this movie I'm, I'm excited for you um, what other books do you, do, you, um, do you have, like, that is coming out? I see traffic a Terrorist behind you. Yeah, is that Trapping a
1: Terrorist. One? Yeah, you know, I wear multiple hats. So, um, we are, we did pitch a Christmas movie to Hallmark, and I'm going to be... Um, oh, you pitched a Christmas movie, too? We did. I don't remember what it's about now. It's <laughs> <laughs> terrible. I have so many things going on through my brain, but I'm also writing, um... The proposal for, um, I had really envisioned the South Beach Love to be three books. Cool. Um, the first one with Tony and Sarah, the second one with Jerry and Rick, and the last one with Bridget and Javi. Um, oh. So I'm hoping that they'll take the, the rest of the books in the series, because I think people have enjoyed the characters and they've met them. And, you know, especially I love Jerry and Rick. Um,
0: you can yeah. see that that was going to be, um you know the, the, I feel I mean, like she has a diff, she has a unique storyline because for those who haven't read the book you know she it seems like she's she was an abuse victim I don't know whether physical abuse or mental well
1: um, Bridget definitely had you know an issue of of I wouldn't call it abuse but being put down by her husband but for Jerry um really it was a case of her husband just up and leaving her. Um, to deal with everything and basically you know my the premise for that second book is that he's coming back into her life he was a professional sports player uh, a baseball player um, who you know just when he had the opportunity and his career was going to take off kind of said you know sayonara and you know went off to um, do his career and left her you know high and dry with the baby and this business um so it's going to be you know does she give him redemption or does she go with rick who is really just totally in love with her and her little her little girl um which is an important thing too because you know whoever whoever gets jerry it gets an instant family really because yeah. has a, a child rick deserves,
0: a, deserves a, I I, I agree I, I cheered! I, I cheered on for Rick. I was like, "Dude, what is? Why is she taking so long to see him?" I know. Well, you know that's part of yeah, it. So there's that. some kind of, you know
1: yeah hesitation. you know burn once you know if you get burned once you kind of are you know leery about entering into a relationship again but that's yeah. so that's going to be going off to them
0: shortly but yeah no I do I I I, wrote I couple- honestly thought that Jerry was an abuse victim the way the, she was written like like I know it wasn't explicitly stated yeah. but I thought that like the way Sarah was talking about how she was messed up or something. I don't know. Yeah, it was more that, you know, she... she Or was it her sister who was that?
1: It was Bridget who was the one who... Yeah, yeah. sorry. But uh, no, that's okay. So Bridget's... See, I'm so so invested in your characters, (laughs) I don't... (laughs) thank you yeah no bridget is hopefully the the third story but um i do write for harlequin i do romantic suspense for them and trapping the Terrorist there is um is actually out right now it came out september 28th um and i'm trying not to let it get lost in the shuffle because of all the movie things you know it's a little difficult um but i have my first women's fiction book coming out in um february I think you mentioned like writing a memoir, right? You're based on your life. And um, the title of that book is The Family She Never Met. Um, and it's all about three women who are, are kind of estranged. Um, but a lot of the, the historical stories there, the flashback stories are actually real stories of my family's journey to the United States. And, you know, what happened to us in Cuba when we left Cuba and what happened here. And I think it's a very uplifting story about um, the promise of family, but also the promise that this country has given to so many people. Um, And and for years, I tried to write that story as a memoir, and it was just too emotional. Um, But putting it in a fictional story with fictional characters telling it just made it a lot easier. You know, I found myself picking the the important parts of the stories of what had happened to us and and mixing them into this other story about these three women. It's a a daughter, a mother, and a grandmother. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm really excited for that one and to see what people will think about it. And then I also have another, at least four books for Harlequin Intrigue, um, Romantic Suspenses. So I am busy. It's keeping me busy. (laughs) How
0: many books do you like have happening at the same time I would feel like I am I can't how do you organize what 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 goes on with what book you know
1: what I mean well yeah no like I just told you I forgot what the Christmas book was about (laughs) actually I I remember now it's a multi-generational book it's a story about a woman who comes back for Christmas for a friend's wedding and um, realizes that her uncle, who's been like a second father, is going to close his uh, medical practice, and mm. she's a doctor. So, but she's a big city doctor, you know. Yeah. Small towns, poo poo. But that, <laughs> you know that that was somebody I forgot. Um, I usually am working on two or three books proposals, you know, things to send out to people for possible acquisition. um and then actively writing one or two books at at a time whether it's actually writing them or preparing an outline for them um and then um you know usually thinking about i have to do you know you have to do marketing all kinds of things like that on a regular basis um uh, you know the publishers do some, um, but you have to think about it. And I do have independent re- releases. Um, I have books where I've gotten the rights back to them, and so I'm trying to mix in those releases as well um, into my publishing schedule. So it's 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 lately it's been a very busy. I <laughs> have <laughs> yeah. so not, which is a good thing. I'm not complaining.
0: If you weren't a writer, would, what would you be doing?
1: Well, I was an attorney for a very long time. I just actually retired in 2019. Wow. At the end, at the end of 2019. What kind
0: of, what kind of attorney?
1: I was an intellectual property attorney, patents, wow. trademarks, and copyrights. Copyrights and, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and some publishing law. I, um, yeah, I retired to write full time. I, I figured I'd paid my dues, and I'd always wanted to write full time um so that's but what this I'm is doing dream. Dream. Yeah, this is my dream, dream. <laughs> and, yeah and I'm enjoying it um my husband and I downsized and that was tough because I had to get rid of a lot of books <laughs> you know yeah. uh, I was sad to give away uh I only kept a few of my very favorite books um so um yeah but I'm writing full-time and that keeps me very busy because it's you know writing things that I'm contracted for re-releasing things, preparing things to try to sell, so it's a
0: constant turnaround of stuff. Yeah, do you, um, are you a fan of, like, are you more of, a, you know, more a fan of, like, ebooks or, like, paper, paper books? Because me, I am a fan of paper. I I'm like a fan I, I like paper. Like if I'm going to the beach,
1: I want a book and I want to crack the spine and sit there and read it. Yeah. I want to smell paper. Yeah. No, no. I, I do almost all of my reading um, with paper, paperbacks um, or hardcover. Every There are some people who I will buy in hardcover because I love them that much. Um, and I do read on my e-reader, but only if I'm like traveling and even then, I'll still have a paperback, but in case I finish or, you know what I'm saying? Or if I'm yeah. on the train and I have nothing to do, I'll do the e-reader. Yeah. But I really prefer print books.
0: Same here. Yeah. I, 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 have, I have, you know, I'm guilty of actually having both the e-book copy and the paper copy. <laughs> My mom's like, you already have this on your phone. I'm like, yeah, but I actually want,
1: book book <laughs> the book, book. yeah I, I get it I get it and you know sometimes like if you get a book autograph like I'll get books autographed by you know like a Nora Roberts or something like yeah. that and you know and I'll keep them because you know if they're autographed to me they're a little bit more special and so but I have limited space so I'm very selective in what I keep now
0: well that you. Well, that's why you have the e-reader you can buy all of that on the e-reader
1: <laughs> Yeah. Well, I did see, you know, I, I go to conferences where um, you know, people have the covers of their e-readers and they ask you to sign the covers, yeah. you know. So how do you sign the covers of an e-reader? Well, they have um like soft back covers on the e-reader. Oh like you know, on like a tablet cover. Oh yeah, yeah, know. yeah. Yeah, so they'll ask you to sign either the inside or the outside oh. of the Sharpie
0: or whatever. So it's like the Okay. Yeah, I yeah. Know. No. I the, like it was like the cover of the actual ebook or no, whatever. no, no. You know oh. the yeah, yeah, I guess what would you call it? The
1: protective little sleeve
0: or yeah. whatever you call that. Yeah. Um well thank you so much for letting me talk to you. I had so much fun and I'm excited to watch the movie.